Do you travel for a living and struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle like I do? Or maybe you just struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle in general. This is the Road to Health Podcast and I am Tamar, your host for this adventure. I travel for business often, which presents some challenges in terms of achieving and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and interview on my show to lose 40 pounds by June 1st, 2020. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that come from traveling for business, but by working on a few key areas of my mental and physical health, I'm managing to get healthier as I go. No one needs to take this journey alone. So if you struggle to make healthy choices on the road like I do, join me for this ride on the road to health. Well-traveled, well-lived. Hey everyone, what's going on? Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. I wanna thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you all. It means a lot that you tune into the show and of course your feedback always means a lot as well. So let me know what you think. Shoot me an email, info at theroadtohealth.me and I'm always happy to hear and I'm always happy to hear about ideas. So if you have any ideas that you think I should talk about on the show, make sure you reach out. But anyhow, you know, I was stuck in my head a little bit this morning and you know, I feel cooped up. I am so used to traveling and so I think we're on week eight or nine now and I'm, I'm grateful for this technology we have that we can actually reach out and do these video chats but I don't know about you, if you spend most of your day job on video chats back and forth with colleagues and then you spend many evenings on Zoom chats as well, it starts to get a lot and you know, in the last couple of weeks, I'm part of a mastermind, I'm part of a couple courses, and I'm really enjoying it right now. I'm doing as much self-education as I can, uh, because typically I don't have this extra time. And so I'm lapping it up, but there are days where I hit a wall and I start to get stuck in my head again. And so, you know, this morning I actually called up a friend and said, hey, you know, can we do a video chat? Um, but it was nice to see them face to face and just talking things through, right? And coming up with solutions. So if you're struggling right now from being cooped up inside, which I know a lot of us are, make sure you reach out and talk to somebody, you know, tell them how you feel because usually after that, you just, even if you feel just a little bit better, it's a lot better than when you started off. So, you know, highly recommend right now if you're struggling to reach out to somebody um, or even just phone somebody and tell you that, tell them you love them. So, um, yeah, just trying to make the best of the situation and trying to make sure that we keep our healthcare workers safe. I know I have a couple of friends who are nurses and they're struggling right now. You know, they're suiting up and just the stuff that they have to wear to show up every day is crazy and just the heat exhaustion and stuff like that. So um, as frustrated as you are, you know, don't give up, stay you know, just keep this distance and make sure we do it, if anything, for those people who are actually trying to help those who are getting sick. But as you know, that's not why we're here today. Today, I have my friend Brittany Rogars on the show as a guest, and I actually met Brittany through Adam Shibley's Transformation Reboot Group. We were paired up fairly fairly soon after I joined and we were accountability buddies for a cycle, actually probably a couple. I think we actually requested that we stayed buddies for a few months. And, you know, it was great because 
every single day, Brittany would post. Uh, we would talk about our workouts, our nutrition, how we were doing. And I found that she was such a great accountability partner that we have just become friends and we still message and chat today. And now instead of just fitness and nutrition, we also keep each other accountable when it comes to what we're doing for our own personal lives, our businesses. Uh, Brittany just started up the Smiley Kylie Foundation, which helps bring awareness and provides treatment to those who need it the most. And we had such a great chat because she has uh, been around people in her life that have struggled with addiction. And, you know, I know a lot of people, my family included, that you know, were around me, the things they had to go through sometimes. And as an addict, we put people through a lot of stuff. And so to be on the other side of that and have to deal with that is extremely tough. So Brittany shares about what it was like growing up. And she also shares how that inspired her to become who she is today. And she's a call center supervisor by day and a badass mom entrepreneur by night. So check out her story. It's an amazing interview. Hey everyone, I'm hanging out with my friend Brittany Rogars. I said that right, didn't I? <laughs> How's it going, Brittany? Pretty good, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. So Brittany is the founder of the Smiley Kylie Foundation and that I love that title because it just makes me very happy feeling. Um, so why don't we get into, you know, what's the foundation and what inspired you to start it? Yeah, so the foundation is, um, it it's right now pretty small. We just make and sell natural products and 50% of our profits get donated into what our bigger picture is, um, is the Smiley Kylie Recovery Center. So 50% of our profits go to help people who are suffering from chemical dependency and their families. Um, about a year and a half ago, my best friend passed away pretty suddenly um, and to have a best friend who's using that you don't even know is using is really eye-opening. And to realize that this type of epidemic is everywhere, it's in your backyard, it's not just in big cities anymore, uh, it really hit home. And I'm also the child of two people who suffer from addiction. So it just kind of hits me in a lot of different directions. Um, and I needed to do something about it. And I've known that for a long time, but now I finally finally took the step to get this started so we can make a big impact on the world and help people and their families who are in this situation. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is people who aren't as exposed to it. Um, it, it really doesn't matter. I mean, if you know somebody that suffers with addiction and you get to know what they're going through or you do experience it for the first time with a friend, it does affect you, right? Because I know that I have some of my closest friends that knew that I was an alcoholic and a drug addict, but all of them kept saying, well, why don't you just stop? I don't understand why you can't just stop. And now that they've actually been part of my recovery journey, they kind of understand, oh, okay, this is why. Because you don't really, I mean, eventually you come to a point where you hit your bottom and you do, you have to make a choice. Do I want a better life or do I want to keep going down this path? But after you, you know, you take that first drink or you t use that first drug, you don't have a choice. Like you lose everything. And I think, you know, you being affected from your parents and your friend dying, I mean, that really starts to hit home. And then you actually want to start doing something about it. Absolutely. And like, I'm a firm believer that nobody wakes up every day and is like, 
what can I do to mess my life up? Um, <laughs> it is truly something that they are dependent on, which is why I say chemical dependency instead of addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will debate is addiction a disease or is addiction a choice? And like, just take that completely out of the way you perceive it. It's, it's a dependency. Uh, and that's why I, I word it that way because it, it is something that they're dependent on and that they need. And I want to get them away from that. So that way nobody else has to feel that grief or that loss, or um, even if somebody that you know is using and they don't pass away, it still affects you every day. So that's what I'm trying to, to bring awareness to. Yeah. And I think food too falls in that category, yeah. right? And, you know, we met through the Transformation Reboot Group through Adam Shibley, but, you know, for yourself, I know you've had a journey as well. And I mean, I consider food an addiction for myself because I become very dependent on sugar. Once I start putting in my body, I can't stop. And so I've had to make adjustments as I go. But when did you realize that you needed to clean up your diet and start focusing on fitness? So, like I said, I am the child of addicts. And so I knew I didn't want to go it down that path from the get-go. I knew that. But I didn't realize that when I was feeling certain emotions, the thing that I turned to and that I was dependent on was food. So it was never like, oh, I'm feeling really sad. I'm going to eat a steak. It's like, let's max this whole <laughs> box of donuts and see what happens. And just looking for that dopamine hit. And I never realized that. And then when I finally did open my eyes to the emotions that I was feeling when I was eating, it was a game changer. And I've always been on the like slightly heavier side. So I've yo-yo dieted and tried all of the things, Weight Watchers and all that calorie restricting and all that stuff before I got to where I am now. And I know that that stuff never worked for me. If it wasn't complete elimination of the things like the carbs and the sugar that really trigger me, then I would always just circle, work in circles. I would always relapse, quote unquote, and go back to the things that are my crutches. So um, I guess really the big, the big moment that was like, whoa, wake up was after I had my second child. I had to go to a doctor's appointment because I was having pain in my legs and they thought it might be blood clots. And I had to get on the scale in front of my husband and they read that number out loud. And I was like, almost in tears. I was like, how did I let this happen to myself? And that was really when I realized that there was a bunch of aspects of my life that needed to change or I was going to die. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think we all kind of hit this bottom so to speak when we decide we're going to stop digging because you could have very well gone home that day and thought screw it you know we have a tub of ice cream i'm just gonna mow down on this and i'm gonna drown my sorrows and tomorrow i'm gonna do the same thing again but you actually let that inspire you to do something positive with your life yeah i i'm not gonna lie most of it was probably embarrassment but i mean (laughs) if that's the motivator that got me on the right path then that i'll take it um I have, since that day, I've lost 65, I haven't gotten on the scale in a couple of weeks, but 65-ish pounds, and I I can actually chase after my kids now, and I don't get winded eating. (laughs) (laughs) You know, whatever it takes to get you motivated, even if it is embarrassment, I mean, if that's what it takes, and that's what it takes. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay, so you have two adorable kids. I got to meet one of them, or both of them today, actually, although your daughter didn't really want to talk into the camera. But (laughs) how do you do it all? And I know that you follow keto. I do the same thing because I have a terrible carb addiction. But how do you do it all with two kids? Like, is this a family thing for you? Yeah. Um, So I'm not going to lie and say that I manage it all well because I don't, it really truly does take a village. My kids are in daycare full time and I've got people that come to help me take care of my home. So I don't have to actually do it all. Um, but as far as the actual like diet portion goes, um, even right now, actually I've got meal prep going on. So we are huge in the meal prep. Um, I make my kids breakfast, lunches, my husband's and mine too, but that all gets made a week in advance. And then that goes to daycare with them. So they're eating and snacking on the things that we like to consume in our house. Because I know if I send them out without those things, they're going to eat the goldfish crackers. And Mm -hmm. both of my kids have actually been keto since they were born. So if they eat a goldfish cracker, they get rashes, they get upset stomachs, they get diaper rashes, they get eczema, all really terrible attitudes. Um, so <laughs> it's a really good way to see how food really affects people yeah. when, you, when you're witnessing it in a tiny human who's never done anything different. So yeah. yes, my whole family is keto. My husband will definitely seek some non-keto things when I'm not looking or when he's gone <laughs> for work, but um but for the most part, we stick to a pretty clean, keto, heavier on the carnivore side lately diet. Yeah, that's great. I think having, you know, Gene is kind of, at first he started going, you know what, uh, this is your thing, you can do your, and he would still bring junk into the house. But I think as he's seen me on this journey, kind of develop into a healthier person and really stick to it. And I think that's the big thing here is that he's he doesn't see this as a oh it's another time it's another thing she's trying right because I would continue to go for it I'd always log my food but it just was never perfect because I never found what really worked for me and now that I've kind of found something I'm happy with it's working for me I feel better I notice he's bringing less crap into the house and he's actually trying to go along with me although he does the other day I found some cinnamon toast crunch and a bag of sour cream chips down in the cupboard and he's like I was half asleep babe I went to the store (laughs) (laughs) but he's much better right he doesn't do that as much because he wants to support me and he sees I'm actually really serious about this and um you know I keep pushing forward even if I you know not fail because I think it's just a learning experience but he's always seen me try right I'm always just keep moving in the same direction regardless if I fall flat on my face every once in a while. Um, So we met in Adam Shively's Transformation Reboot group. How did you find that group? Um, He was on, so when I first started keto, uh, we're like two years in, oh shoot, longer than that now. Um, Almost, it'll be three years in May. Um, Into that keto journey. But um, I started binge listening to the Keto Connect podcast. Yeah. And I heard Adam and he was hilarious. And so I went and followed his podcast. And then before I even got in the community, I went to his live event because we're both Midwesterners. So it was driving distance. So I made the drive and I went to his event and just meeting him in person and like absorbing some of that energy really kickstarted me. And so then I jumped into the reboot group because I needed that type of 
energy around me all the time or I was kind of fall off track. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about the group thing because Paula and I, a mutual friend of ours, we also talk about that a lot is that I always thought I could do this alone. And now that I'm part of several different groups, it's it just brings <laughs> this different degree to, of accountability into your life. How has the Reboot group and all these other groups now that you're becoming a part of and kind of broadening your circle, how has that affected you? Um, so I also was one of those people. So just backstory, I used to make fun of the low carb people all the time. Yeah. I used to make fun of the people who needed to go to their groups and their meetings all the time because how weak are you that you can't do this by yourself? Yes. And then I did it. <laughs> I was like, oh, whoa, maybe you shouldn't knock something before you try it because it not only has it made my health and fitness journey more linear, smoother, because I have those people that I report to and that hold me accountable, but also like I've met people who I never would have met before and it's opened my eyes to so many different things. I don't think I would have started my business or launched my company if I didn't have access to some of the humans who helped me do it that I met all because of this reboot group. So it really transformed my health and also my mindset in more ways than just like losing pounds on the scale or lifting weights at the gym. Oh, for sure. And I'm in the same boat. I mean, I don't think I ever would have started this podcast had I not joined the Reboot group and went down to Los Angeles and met Adam and everybody and Paula. Um, so before we get into mindset, because that's probably the most my most favorite topic to discuss, um, you have a business which you just launched and you're doing very well. Tell us about the products that you sell because we'll uh, put everything in the show notes so people can reach you. Thank you. Um, so my, my mission being to help people who are dependent on chemicals and using natural methods to do that, um, I think it starts super early on just by the things you introduce into your environment. So the products that we have are uh, all natural organic products that you would typically have in your home full of chemicals. So like um, diaper rash cream and toothpaste and cleaning products and all sorts of child home and personal care products. Um, so you can get rid of those chemicals that are in your house that are doing you harm that you don't even know are doing you harm right off the bat. Um, and <laughs> excuse me. Uh, and I think that's a really important place to start because you don't know how things are affecting your health until you get rid of them. Um, so like skincare products and your cleaning products, you don't know what kind of toll that's putting on your body, these foreign man-made substances until you get rid of them and you can feel the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super exciting. And I can't wait after we chatted before this uh, interview, I'm just like, okay, I need to buy some of these products now. So yes, we will put a link so everybody can you know, keep Brittany nice and busy because she's already <laughs> super busy. So we'll just add to that. Um, but going back to mindset, I think that too many people, and I'm developing a course right now, which is called Create Your Roadmap, and it's really focused on helping people develop a better mindset. So picking a goal, picking one that's manageable, and then focusing on the habits that they need to do day to day to actually end or end up at their destination, but not necessarily focusing on that one goal, right? Because everybody makes things too overwhelming. So that being said, how do you keep a positive mindset and how do you keep pushing forward? 
So a lot of that circles back to the accountability because I have a lot of people in my corner that support me and that remind me that even if I epically fail at something, I've now taken something away from that. Like I've learned from that process. So um, accountability is really helpful, especially in the mindset because you're really your own worst enemy in a lot of things. You're like, okay, well, I could do this, but here's other things that I could do or I it would just be easier for me just to grab this McDonald's on my drive home or um, in your case, on my way to the hotel after, after mm -hmm. being on the train floor, just swing through the drive through uh, and having people that hold me accountable really helps affect the mindset too. Cause I know, I know that at the end of the day, even if I do hit McDonald's, I've got these people in my corner that are going to put me back on track after I fall off. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, um, habits, what are three things that you do every day? Like three habits that you've picked up over the last couple of years? Um, so meal prepping is one that I do every week. I don't necessarily do that every day, but I think that's an important one to note because yeah. it is my key to success. If I don't meal prep on Sunday, my whole week falls apart. I will eat junk food. We will live on Quest cookies and Quest pizza and I will feel like crap. Um, but daily, um, I make sure I get exercise in every day. Um, right now with everything being shut down, I'm really hurting because the gym is my safe haven. It is my, it is my therapy, um, and doing the resistance band training and stuff at home is nice. I'm still getting my exercise in every day. It's just not quite the same, so I can't wait to get back. <laughs> um, and meditation. Um, actually, you're the reason that I started doing that. So thanks to Mark, because that's been a real game changer. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, before I started meditating, I didn't have the focus or the mindset to really do a lot of the things that I do now. So I'm going to say that's, that's a key component. And then learning. I want to learn something every day. So I'm always reading a book. I'm always listening to a podcast. Uh, I feel like <clears throat> if I'm not learning something every day, then I've wasted my day. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same way. And sometimes I take on too much. I want like, I want to learn 10 things at one time. And then I'm like, okay, let's break it down. Same way as I do my habits. And I think that's what I need to revert back to often is when I've got all these things that come up that I want to do and I get really excited about it. I have to remember, okay, let's just put them on a list. Let's do one at a time because I often, you know, especially developing my business and my podcast, I've had to learn how to do everything first and then I do it. So I just kind of incorporate that, you know, with everything in my life, right? It's it's being open-minded. It's trying new things. And I think Adam, and I don't know if you agree with me, but Adam taught us how to be very open-minded and to not get stuck on one thing which is a big problem. I mean, I think a lot of people are like, okay, clean eating, that's the way to go. That's the way everybody should do it. Mm -hmm. And not gonna lie, I still a little bit have that kind of mindset. Like if you told me that keto was dumb, I would fight you. But <laughs> but I can, I can absolutely agree that, you know, especially in that dieting field, some people, what works for you and what works for me are not that it's what's sustainable to you and to your lifestyle. So if that's veganism, if that's clean eating, if that's intermittent fasting, then that's what works. Um, I happen to work. Keto is, is my thing. It's my jam and I will do it until I die. Um, but that's not the same for everybody. Some people just 
don't feel good on it. And so then they, they do what works for them. Yeah, but yes, I do agree that Adam absolutely taught me that, that yes, there are other avenues for other people. <laughs> yeah. And when you find something that works for you, I mean, I think sometimes the issue with keto and I was in this group a, a while ago, like last year I tried it and I think I did it for maybe two months and I lost, you know, 15 pounds, which is fantastic. But as soon as I stopped, I felt like crap again and I missed the food I was eating. So I kind of reverted back, not going, okay, I'm going to do a planned cheat. I'm going to do a carb, you know, um, not carb cycling, but do like a carb up on the weekends, maybe once in a while, but very calculated. And now I'm more open-minded, but I just noticed that now that I've really given keto an honest chance and I've been very creative, like you post a lot of amazing meals that it's just like, okay, I got to try that. And I think it's important to enjoy it. And when you enjoy what you're eating, it doesn't become like, I, when I did clean eating, I did it for a year and I ate chicken, broccoli and rice or green beans almost every single day, twice a day. And you know, I, I got really great results. I lost 75 pounds, but as soon as I got complacent, I was like, ah, you know what? I'll have a couple cheat meals a week. Oh, I'll have three cheat meals a week. And I gained the weight very slowly back because I think I worked very hard and I ate very clean food to lose the weight, but that wasn't sustainable. And now that I've actually gone to keto, I'm learning how to make recipes that are almost a substitute for certain things I used to eat. So I find I don't miss the sugar anymore. Like not at all. Absolutely, I have the exact same way. The reason that keto works for me is because there's nothing that I can't duplicate in a keto form. I do that all day long. I make bread, I make cookies, I make pizza. I just keto fi it. So it's, <laughs> so it fits my lifestyle and I don't feel like crap when I eat it because I am not the type of person who can not in food is one of my favorite hobbies. <laughs> I'm I not the type food. of person who, exactly, everybody does. And if you want to go eat like, you know, clean eating, we do a pretty, usually we do a pretty clean whole food approach to keto, but every once in a while, I want a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm going to make keto cookies because if I feel like I'm depriving myself, I'm going to fall off the wagon. So that's why I think keto is so perfect for me because I don't feel like I'm missing anything. They've got products out there that fit every, every need that I have, except Oreos, which something that I should really start working on. <laughs> yeah. Can you make a keto Oreo? I'm really going to try. I actually ordered um, goodies mix. If you haven't tried that, I strongly recommend it. Um, they have a chocolate cookie and I'm going to, I'm really going to try and work on this, this Oreo knockoff thing. That's going to be my challenge to you. Cause we were accountability buddies. <laughs> That's yes. going to be my challenge to you. Let's give you 30 days because I think that's fair that you're going to create a keto Oreo. I'm going to do my best. It's, it might not be perfect, but I'm going to come close, I think. I'm okay. really working on it. I'm going to try <laughs> so it. And in 30 then, days, we'll, yeah. we'll and give it a whirl. You got to post it in my Facebook group so that everybody who follows keto, or even if they don't, they can try it. Because I know even when I wasn't in keto, I would still try keto recipes because some of them are really good. A lot of them are really good and I, I totally agree even like the, the last time I had a cheat meal I got like it was a terrible cheat meal too I got like gas station chicken tenders 
and a quest cookie because I still had to keep it like sort of keto. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, the one thing I miss though is French fries. I suppose that is the one thing I can't duplicate for you is French fries. Uh, if you could do that, I would, I would pay you. I would pay you a lot if you could do. I would be a very rich woman if I could duplicate. French fries. <laughs> yes, <you would. laughs> so how can my listeners get a hold of you and, you know, A, if they want to follow you on social media and B, if they want to buy your products. So we are the Smiley Kylie Foundation on Facebook. Um, we will also be, by the time this episode airs, on Instagram. Wish me luck because I'm way out of my depth in the Instagrams. But uh, you'll do it. And, and then our website is just the smileykyliefoundation.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on my show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I just love chatting with people like Brittany. She has been a big part in my journey. Um, you know, just being paired up as accountability buddies, it just, you know, she was a motivator, she was a cheerleader, and even if we had a really crappy day, we still messaged each other and told each other. So thank you, Brittany, again for being on the show. And, you know, if you have a story to share, make sure you let me know. You can either head on over to my website, theroadtohealth.me, or you can shoot me an email, info at theroadtohealth.me, and let me know. I remember when I, you know, started my recovery, just listening to people at first, I didn't want to be there. You know, I didn't, I didn't know what it would be like to be sober for a day, let alone a weekend, let alone a year. And it was after I started hearing people share their stories about their journey and their transformation that I finally gained some hope. And that's when I started to share my story more openly because I think if you can even reach one person, then you've made even the slightest difference in the world that it in the world. It's so important. So if you do have a story to share and you want to be on the show, make sure you let me know and I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, stay safe out there. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my goal is to provide you with content that not only inspires you, but also provides information and strategies that you can use to implement in your own journey. I know from experience, it can be super hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I've worked with people to help them define their goals and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you would like to take advantage of a free 30-minute call to figure out how to achieve your goals, visit my website today at www.theroadtohealth.me. When you're there, make sure you download the latest copy of my five tips to staying positive while working from home. And until next time, be safe and healthy.